0: hello welcome to audio blobs I'm Danny and Matt looks panicked <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I'm all good I, I am here hello uh, where should we do this again okay I quite liked that though oh we'll, we'll go for that we'll go with that yeah yeah cool uh how are you doing yeah all good thank you it's very cold in this studio yeah, it's today. very cold today um so this week uh, this week this week this week episode 14 that's episode what we're 14. on about I hope everyone enjoyed our little kemper debate from episode 13 um it's raising some things, which is always good. Uh, so, this week, though, we are taking it back to normality and having a look at, well, I'm going to be having a look at the T Rex Mud Honey, which I've had for a while. It's not a new pedal, it's not something that's new and revolutionary, but it is something that's wonderful and lovely. <laughs> um, and you're having a look at, that is the most outrageous iPad stand in the world. Oh, that's great, isn't it? What on earth is that? And Danny's having a look at the new Anchor iPad stand. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: No, Danny's having a look at uh, Brainworks BX Subsynth. Ooh. Shall I do that now? Shall I yes, go first? you do that. Okay, I'll turn this off. <coughs> um, so BX Subsynth released a couple of months ago, I think. Okay. Um, relatively new, anyway. Uh, which was made by Brainworks, and Brainworks do a lot of really great stuff. Um. They did this in conjunction with Universal Audio. I don't know how much Universal Audio had a hand in this. I think Universal Audio are just selling it. Okay. Um, But you can get it. You can get it natively. Uh, You don't have to buy it through Universal Audio. You don't have to have one of their DSP chips to run it. You can just go to Plugin Alliance and get it. Uh, It's about 115 quid. It's $150. So it comes in at about 115 quid. Um, It's modelled on the DBX 120 XP which is an oh, old... There's a mouthful and a half. Yeah, I know. I say old. It's not, it's not that old, but an older uh, rack hardware unit. Okay. Which is... It, basically, it introduces subharmonic frequencies below existing frequencies. So it kind of is somewhere between an octaver and a kind of harmonic resonator type yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, the the dbx unit was really popular it kind of started off was mostly used by djs and stuff yeah to add sub bass um but it somehow found its way into studios and end up being used a lot on kick drums on bass guitars on synth bass lines on you know electronic drum beats from 808s and stuff like that yeah and it was it it's kind of really well renowned little one new rack unit that just kind of has this sound to it yeah that just generates just one thing that it does everyone one knows thing it and does. it does one thing really really well um it the the brainworks version the plug-in isn't a replication of the hardware unit uh what they did was they essentially modeled the way that the hardware unit the dbx unit tracks the low end and adds the subharmonic frequencies um and then they built a plug-in on that um Basically, it's it allows you to blend in three separate frequency bands of like sub bass below where you would normally be able to kind of work. So you, you record a kick drum and you really want some kind of real proper sub kick that's going to shift air, like mm-hmm. a lot of air. You generally can't EQ that in. Those frequencies don't exist, you yeah. know, down below kind of. 70 60 70, yeah, hertz. 70 hertz yeah you, you can't no matter i mean even you can with, boost
1: as much as you like and you're still not gonna yeah get
0: even with kind of resonant filters and stuff like that yeah. you're going to struggle to really get those those proper sub frequencies so this just allows you to uh so this allows you to generate those frequencies and then add them into your recording so it's got three kind of units um, that we'll look at, three different sections to the plugin that we'll look at. Uh, there we go. So you've got the the global section on the left, which has basically got your standard controls, like your gain and in and out gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mix, so how much of the dry signal you're blending with the wet signal. And then as is kind of fairly standard on all BX plugins, you've got this midside section, which is MonoMaker which is a frequency dial. So whatever frequency you set that to, everything below that becomes mono, which is really useful and handy just to have oh, there all the time. clever. Yeah, because really you, you want all your bass centred. You don't want kind of bass frequencies going on in the yeah. stereo field. So you just dial in, say you want everything below 200 hertz to be mono, you just dial in 200 hertz on that. And then it's got a stereo width control, which is a percentage, and that, goes, that can go out as far as 400%, like widening the stereo field. Wow. So you can do some really interesting stuff with that alone. Um, we'll get to the main section, the subharmonic section in a minute. But on the right-hand side, you've also got Edge, which is like a distortion okay. unit. Um, it's got two modes, smooth and harsh. And then a Squeeze, which is kind of compression drive. And then a Drive, which is just grit. And then you can filter that, so you can add a low or high-cut filter to that distortion. Oh clever and that yeah. runs that runs in in parallel so basically just the more drive you turn up the more you're adding into the signal yeah um and then below that there is a filter now the filter's kind of interesting it's a essentially a high pass resonant filter but the first stage of it you've got two controls tight punch and low end the first stage of it is before it hits the subharmonic generator so what you're doing is you're essentially cutting out low frequencies and then adding like a little resonant peak so you're kind of telling the subharmonic generator what to look at okay so you're essentially you can you can scrap away everything below like 50 hertz if you've got a load of junk going on down the bottom that you don't want the 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 frequency generator to track and to yeah. try and create harmonics you just get rid of it you can get rid of it and That's then you can add it. a little notch on it just to push you know at whatever a little peak at say 50 hertz or something just to push mm. a little bit more into it and then it's got a low end control which comes after the subharmonic uh generator <laughs> which just allows you to to turn up or down how much of that little peak notch you're adding okay so you're it's there's a so
1: l- much control there's a lot oh, of con- too much there's a lot a of control morning, <laughs> there's oh. a lot of
0: control most of them just turn up the low end that's all you need to know yeah um, the main bit that you need to worry about is the sub-harmonic bit. So that's basically got three frequency bands. So 56 to 80 hertz, 36 to 56 hertz, and then 24 to 36 hertz. So you can independently <laughs> control... Low. It goes very low. very low. You can independently control how low you go. Okay. And it's worth noting that especially the 24 to 36 hertz band, unless you're listening to this podcast with a subwoofer you're probably not going to hear it. (laughs) I mean, like on headphones or anything like that, you're very unlikely to hear it. But I've kind of, I've done a couple of audio examples already. Uh, In a minute, I'll play them through and we can have a listen to them. Sure. Um, And I've kind of pushed it quite hard just so you can really hear what it's doing. Mm. Um, Once you've dialed in, each one of those frequency bands has a trim control. And that is really important because you've got to hit it with the right amount of signal. You've got to hit the the frequency generator with the right amount of signal to get the best out of it. Yeah, for you sure. Can't, you can't hit it with too little... I was
1: going to say, if you tickle it a little bit, it's not going to If you tickle it
0: a little bit, it's not going to really do what... It, yeah. It's not going to do it the best it can possibly do it. Um. Once you've kind of got your blend of those three frequency bands that you like, there is then one big global control called subharmonics at the top, which is just how much of those three you're adding in together. So that's just turning up that sub blend of those three frequencies all together. It's just a global yeah. volume control for those. I will play a couple of audio examples and then I'll kind of talk about applications for it and where it's really good to use it. First off, I put it on some electronic drums. So it's just a, a loop. I think it's a four bar loop and mm. it comes in, it just repeats. So it drops in, just switches on halfway through. Cool. Here we go. So now I'll explain to you what I did, and then we'll listen to it again, (laughs) and you can kind of listen for...
1: You can hear it.
0: Oh, you can hear it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you
1: can hear it when it comes Um, in.
0: It's hard to... Uh, It just clipped a little bit. We're just sat here listening to it, and it clipped a little bit. For me, I don't know if it did for you on your count. Yeah, just a tiny smidge. It's hard to regulate kind of the gain staging through it. As I said, with this, I've pushed it quite hard, Mm. Um, but it's quite hard to regulate the gain staging on it because you're adding so much to it yes so it's hard to back it off and and have it kind of peaking correctly Mm. level to the the kind of bypassed example because everything else all the top end would just disappear Mm. yeah Um, basically all i did there was i set the um the tight punch to about where i thought felt good i thought it was i think it was about 45 hertz um, rolled a little bit of each frequency band in, not very much of the the super low twenty-four hertz band. Um monoed everything below about three two fifty, three hundred hertz, and then pushed the stereo width out about to 130, hundred and thirty, hundred and forty percent. Okay. And that was that's all that's on there. Um the the drive is turned all the way down, there's there's none of that going on. So that is just the the sub and the and the stereo width. So we'll listen to it once more and just listen. So halfway through, just listen to kind of the hi-hats and how they just kind of get out of the way and they go into your left and right side and how the, the kind of center of it becomes quite focused and a lot bigger. Sounds good, right? That sounds great. It's it's basically gives you that sub bass thing, yeah. That that you can't get from EQing. It allows you to shift a ton of air, yeah. And as a bass player, there's a reason <laughs> I'm a bass player. Yeah, true. Um It's quite addictive uh as a plug-in. Like I've chucked it on stereo buses, mm. and you can just kind of get this this just kind it gives of gives you a whole tuned, load of depth. Yeah,
1: just a whole ton of kind really, of really
0: really accurate tuned depth and and low that you can really control it gives you a lot of control over it which is nice because when you're working down at you know 20 odd hertz that's a dangerous area because you can make mistakes and it's hard to monitor correctly at that kind of level yeah and you can crank it up too loud because you're trying to listen to it this just allows you to uh to have some real control over that low end yeah um there's another example here which is on a kind of arpeggiated synth part um this one is super extreme. I wouldn't do this in a track, but I thought it'd be good to have a list and show you how Just it to sounds. Show what you can do with it. Yeah, so here we go. You can really hear in that example yeah, really what can. it's adding, and it's and the the tracking on it is great. Um, I was going to say, what's it like
1: if you, you know, if you feed it a bass part, or if you feed it like a guitar part or something like that? It's, it's good something that doesn't you, go down
0: that low. Yeah, because you can control, because uh, you've got a reasonable amount of control over what you're actually feeding into it. Yeah, you can do quite a lot with it. That's cool. Um, I've found a couple of times actually, I've I've. Split this out onto another track So I've I've taken my I've put it on a lot of electric basses yeah. Just ever so subtly Because sometimes um, Electric bass guitars just miss That kind of we, we expect a lot of kind of sub In music now Because of how electronic pop music's become Yep, And it's quite hard sometimes To get uh, Real instruments To have that sub To have that real tight shifting air type low end yeah um so it's quite useful for that so i'll split it out onto another track and really manipulate what i'm feeding it that's cool so you know and then mix it appropriately yeah add a massive low cut filter on it to make sure it can really track what i want it to and then and then have a track that is just my sub bass track essentially get a really Mm. good sound um which again that uh, through
1: i guess you could do that you can do that You'd be almost more likely to do that with everything, wouldn't you? So you'd do that with kick drums. You'd have your kick drum, which is your EQ'd kick drum, and then feed that into this and then blend the two appropriately.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean it's got it's got a reasonable I only find that I do that when um with with pitched stuff. So synth bass okay. lines, electric bass lines. Because actually for kick drums and uh, for drum buses and things like that, it's got quite a lot of options in terms of blending the original signal and the sub so in the actual Just plugin. In the there's plug-in. a lot, that yeah, you because can do you've there. got that mix knob and you've got the, the the global volume level for the sub frequency knob. Mm. You can get a pretty decent blend of it. That's cool. Um, I will always put it on the track first and then try and. If it's then not working, if I can't get it sounding right, but I know it's making the sound I want it to make, yeah. then I'll split it out onto a separate track so I've got a separate controls. So
1: do you EQ before or after if you're using it?
0: Uh, I'll EQ into it to try and control how it's responding a bit better. Okay, um, And generally, I don't need to EQ coming out of it. Occasionally, you need to compress a little bit on the way out because mm-hmm. of those because some of those sub peaks yeah. are just too much.
1: Those, the the differences between the peaks and the troughs is yeah. m- quite yeah. uh, distinct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it does a job and it does that job very well. And like I said on stereo buses and things like that, I mean it's it's just a monster. It can it can really make a track uh, sound a lot bigger and more impressive than it is yeah <laughs> it takes a bit of tweaking don't get yeah. me wrong it's not a chuck it on and like set it and forget it kind of thing yeah you've so got it a, goes against our ethos Danny. it does go against our ethos but unfortunately not everything just works straight <laughs> off the bat it would be great if everything had a single knob on it it's matt's world of mixing turn it on and
1: don't have to change anything
0: yeah it would be nice if everything worked like that but unfortunately it doesn't if everything worked like that i might be out of a job Yes, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice sounding thing and I totally get why you'd use it, particularly on, you know, low end of things. So, you know, yeah. bass and uh, kick drum and things like that, uh, particularly on drum buses because it just yeah. fills out that sound. It makes something that sounds okay and just just widens it and deepens it and makes it go, oh, that's... And actually, you're right in terms of um, what pop music has done for It, it kind of makes you... Makes you listen to a, a a drum kit and go, oh, that is how my brain expects a yeah. contemporary drum kit to yeah. sound. And you actually, know, I, you probably wouldn't stick it on a jazz record, for example. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But if you're doing like that contemporary pop dance,
0: yeah, thing for sure. It it, I mean, I put it on drum buses for a lot of stuff. Not even kind of pop stuff. Okay, um, I've stuck it on drum buses for for like heavy metal stuff mm. because it. It's as I said, we we expect to hear that sub now. Yep. We expect to be able to shift speakers, and actually, nine times out of ten, the a kick a recorded kick drum doesn't have those frequencies. Mm. There's some drummers I know whose kick drums do. Yep, um, but they really, it's the the sub is nowhere near as nicely tuned as it is on electronic drums these yep. days. So to get that kind of low end and to have that level of control over it is really good. Um, as I said, if you don't have a Universal Audio DSP thing or an Apollo or anything like that, you can get it from Plugin Alliance. And I think it's a 14-day free trial. Okay. Um, I had it on the free trial, and I think I ended up using it in like two or three songs that I was mixing. I was yeah. like, cool, that's enough for me. Because it's yeah. only, it's 115 quid. So it's not, not, ex- not, not going to break expensive the bank. Thing. It's not the yeah. end of the world. Um, no, I highly recommend it. If you if it sounds like something that you might use, then go and check it out. Get the free trial. Certainly, if you're doing just a lot of mixing of
1: it. if you're doing a lot of drum mixing at the minute, and you're kind of going, oh, I wish this sounded slightly better, or yeah. I wish it sounded slightly uh, more full, then
0: drums or synths, and anything if you're using synths yeah. a lot, yeah, true. Chuck that on it. I mean, moogs, moog drones, and things like that. It's just all over it. Moog.
1: Moog. Moog. Moog.
0: M O O G. Yeah, but people say Moog.
1: Yeah, people, it probably is Moog, I would say.
0: <laughs> you know what we're talking about. Yeah, you, everybody you knows you guys know what we're talking about. Cool.
1: Uh, okay. Nice and, nice and simple. Nice and simple. Nice yeah.
0: thing. It looks good, too. It does. I love the Brainwork stuff. They do yeah. some really great stuff. They're, they're a company that are definitely worth checking out, without a doubt. Cool. Go and have a look.
1: Sounds good to me. So. Uh, okay, so this week I've been looking at um, the T-Rex Mudhoney, or actually more specifically the Mudhoney 2, um, and to be honest, I didn't really need to look at it a lot, it's been <laughs> on my pedal board for, pff, I don't know, eight years or something ridiculous, oh, okay. you know, that it's not a, it's not a new thing, um, but it's something that, it's just brilliant, and every time I pull it out the box, and it's not on my standard pedal board at the minute, because right. it doesn't work particularly it just pushes my mango way too hard just doesn't know <laughs> my mango just looks at it and goes what are you doing <laughs> um but through your lane it sounds enormous Yeah, it sounds great um and it's just uh, every time i pull it out of the box it i just kind of go oh this thing sounds great why don't i use it more so i thought we'd do a podcast about it or a little segment cool um so originally so t-rex originally brought out the mud honey which was just a single channel one button uh level gain tone and then a little boost switch if you you wanted it and a big on off button and it was just a one thing uh like not it wasn't a one trick pony but it it just did one thing really really well and allowed you to boost that function if you wanted it um and about a couple of years later actually probably almost like a year later, they went, okay, let's do a two-channel version of this. And basically, it is the same channel twice on the pedal.
0: Okay, so you can just have them set to different levels and so, switch. Yeah, right. exactly.
1: So the way, have, right. the way I have this one set up, so there's Tone 1 and Tone 2. So Tone 1 is on the left-hand side, and I've got both of the levels of each one set the same. The gains are what is different, and I have Tone 1 as kind of like a rhythm kind of, you can back down the guitar and it cleans up a little bit. Yeah. You can put the guitar on all the way and it's kind of that crunchy, sort of, I don't know how best to describe it, sort of Rolling Stonesy kind of vintage okay. kind of breakup of a AC30 mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um and then tone two, I have the gain cranked much, much further to give it a sort of a more modern and high gain kind of crunch thing. Okay. There's also on here two little dip switches, one when it push it up, it's normal, and when you push it down, it's boost. So again, on the channel one, on tone one, I have it on normal, and channel two, I have it as boost. Cool. So that if this is the only thing, so if I've got like a little flyboard or something, I've got my little pedal board in front of me. But if my mud honey is on that, I'll have tone one as my kind of go to, and then if someone says, "Great, take a solo," yeah, I can flick it into the other one and know that it's gonna just cut. Kind of, it's just like having a more button; it just gives you more yeah, of, of yeah. the thing that you want.
0: Um, Does it? When you switch, if you're on channel one and you switch channel two on, does it switch over to channel two?
1: It does. So, unlike so, in front to of us as not step on both well. of them at the
0: same time to switch one off and one on.
1: No. So also in front, we've got the Exotics BB Plus. Yeah. And that does do that, which allows you to cascade one into the other or right. the other into the one, and you yeah. can change it's way around. Okay. The Mud Honey. I kind of prefer the fact that it doesn't. Okay. I like having one. Or the other rather yeah. than one or the other or, or, both. or both and or in both. or both in yeah, the other way around, yeah yeah so if you you know if you kick tone one in tone one comes on hit tone two tone one turns off and, and tone, tone two two lines on cool. which i like i kind of i like that functionality um the other is the other been... way around is is good as well it just depends on how you're using pedals i yeah. use pedals almost as single things so I like turn to, to be if I if I want to turn it off, I don't want to have to think how am I how's best to turn this off? Yeah. Do I need to push two buttons at once or what? <laughs> I just want to go no and stamp it with my
0: foot. Do you know then if it's a single circuit?
1: Oh, you know what I don't know two
0: controls, or if it's because it could just be one circuit and it just switches like pots. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know is the honest answer. I okay, don't know whether enough. it's just built on one circuit or whether it's.
0: Actually, two separate or circuits. Or either it's two separate circuits.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I don't know.
0: I was just wondering, just out of curiosity. Uh,
1: what I do know, uh, having now looked at the the uh, manual, um, the level knob... I, I know that... So, the level knob on the top, obviously, how much the output gives you, or how much output is given to the amp from yeah. the pedal, I should say... Um, obviously you can level match it so they're exactly the same if you turn it all the way up it gives you up to 15 dB of level extra what, on top, of, on top of your dry signal no one needs that which no one <laughs> needs that ever I only probably ever use maybe 3 dB if that of kind of of kind of boosty gainy stuff um, so let's have a quick look so this is uh, my clean guitar signal I'm just using a Fender Strat into Danny's Laney Lionheart mm-hmm. As it comes, yeah. I tried to make the amp as clean as I can possibly get it. Sounds all right, sounds yeah. nice. Uh, so channel one, it's quite crunchy, it's
0: very crunchy, it's very That's
1: crunchy. Great. So, you can kind of back that down a little bit. This is on the normal setting, not the boost setting. So, if I turn that down just a little.
0: That sounds nice. I like
1: that. It's kinda of, kinda of cool. And then you can turn it up a little bit. So this is still just on the one channel. If I turn that up to about sort of one, two o'clock, something like that. Now you kind of start getting into a little more modern kind of sounding and yeah. have quite a lot of breakup. So where I normally have channel one set is about sort of nine ten o'clock something like that it's about there because if you start backing down the guitar
0: oh cool so you have it, got control over yeah, that yeah
1: you have loads
0: of beautifully in tune beautifully in tune <laughs> I am playing a Fender Strat
1: um, all good so if you go from channel 1 to channel 2
0: oh yeah okay
1: Okay, so channel two. You can set channel two to do exactly the same thing as channel one, but I've got this set, so the level is about the same, but the gain is up on one, two o'clock, but this has also got the boost function yeah. on as well. So it's, It goes for quite a lot more. Um... And that's what it does. It just goes from nothing to a little bit to a lot more. Yeah. It's great. It's um, built like an absolute tank.
0: Um, I was going to ask because I've never owned a T-Rex pedal. Yeah. Um, I've owned bits and pieces. I've owned power supplies and stuff. which Yeah. Are built the fuel really, tanks. Yeah. They're built really well. Really well. Um, um, I've
1: got a couple of their pedal boards as well. And they're built like absolute tanks. They're, just the build quality is fantastic. The guys, they're based over in Denmark. Um and they just build things to last. I've got a couple of their things. I've got okay, their tremolo cool. as well.
0: So it is built. It is um, well built.
1: Yeah, ridiculously well built. And you know, I've you know, you stand on them for days and thousands of times, and they still just go cool. I'm fine. I'm still a pedal, and I'm still just working.
0: have this mental image of you just stood on one foot on a pedal for several, <laughs> for days, several at days at a time. Matt's Matt's testing, <laughs> testing ground. Testing ground. buys no, a new I pedal, mean, stands on it.
1: They're um. Yeah they're they're really really well built and they're not expensive either so I think you can get these I mean these are like like I said 8 9 years old whatever yeah. you can still but they're, they're like 140 quid new new oh that's good Brand new which is really good they were more expensive I think I, when I bought mine they were it was just over 200 so they've come down by about 100 pounds in price I think it was about 220 quid when I bought mine oh wow okay um but that's kind of to keep in uh to keep current with the current market the fact yeah. that they haven't really brought out many more distortion gain vintage-y classic-y kind of fuzz pedals yeah um they've done a lot if you don't know about them go and check out their replicator which is amazing which is their tape thing oh, is that tape the Echo? actual cassette mm, yeah tape delay you know, i just i want one yeah um i'll build you one brilliant
0: do it please do <laughs> it's got to be easy it's got to
1: be easy to do um yes Great thing, sounds good, and it's always done everything that I needed it to do. Whether it's from you know a little bit of crunchy bluesy breakup all the way through to kind of huge amounts of distortion and, and overdrive. Yeah, it sounds um, really nice. Sounds great with a, it a compressor. Surprisingly versatile. As well. Yeah,
0: from channel one to channel two, sounds like a different pedal.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I don't know whether it's built on uh, a separate circuit or not. Actually, I should go away and and find, find out. out, but. I don't know.
0: It would probably be easier just to chuck two circuits in there probably. as opposed to have two sets of controls for one circuit, essentially. Yeah. It would probably be a lot easier. It probably would but it would be interesting to know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um you know, Jack's in and out, runs off a nine volt power supply or a battery, so it's you can chuck it on any board providing you've got enough yeah. patch cables or enough batteries.
0: Um Yeah. Sweet. Does its job. And I think that's we've done ours then. That's us done, isn't it? It Not? is us done. We've oh, done right.
1: our we've done our job. We've, we've done our job. It does it. Oh job. Right. I, it's I was trying to be
0: I was trying to be funny. Oh, I missed that. Is it a dad joke?
1: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a walk. Um <laughs> no, so that's it. So uh that's us done for another episode of Audio Blobs.
0: Yes. Um where are we? Episode fourteen. Yeah. So it's episode, episode fifteen next. Episode fifteen next. Woohoo. So I might I might um go back on our on our camper ethics thing and just start looking at ampsims again.
1: Okay, excellent. We'll do that definitely. <laughs> so
0: we'll do that next. Well, time. you've
1: got the 11 rack sitting here and I really want to do something on that. But... I
0: know it's been around the block a few times though and everybody's done something on that. I know. Maybe maybe we'll we'll chuck a little bit of 11 rack in we'll at see. some point. Yeah, just be an idea. Yeah, just to see what's what. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh social media? off social you go. Social media. Go for it, Danny. Uh so Dear God, just Google Audio Blobs. Just Google it.
1: Instagram, at Audioblobs. Twitter, at Audioblobscast. Facebook, forward slash, Audioblobs, www.audioblobs.com. You know
0: what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it on a post-it note, and I'm going to stick it on your forehead so I can read it. (laughs) Excellent. And then I'll I'll know.
1: I'll get one of those glass pens and write it on my glasses. Ah, that's a great idea. No, it isn't. (laughs) It's not a good idea. Have a good one, guys, and we shall see you next time. See you next time. Bye.